0: And we're back. Another episode of Start a Puzzle. Matt DeCourcy here with Daryl Blackburn. Hi, Daryl. Hey, Matt. How's it going? It's going pretty well. <laughs> uh, we're laughing because <laughs> it's been an interesting uh, first 10 seconds tried three or four times. So but I think we got it right this time. We may have Looks a live okay. stream. I I feel like, I feel like we keep threatening to do live stream and like (laughs) Facebook live and then like something always destroys it. So we'll see if we make it out alive anyway. Welcome back. Thanks for sitting in for the absent Matt Watson, who I saw was in Singapore this weekend.
1: Yeah, I saw
0: that. I know. World traveler. Probably working hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of which. One way to try to possibly increase the output at your business or in life is to be a leader. Is that fair to say?
1: Uh, Amongst many other things, yeah. I think leadership is one of the most important things in your organization
0: period. Or in life. Yeah. I mean, leadership comes in many forms. Mm -hmm. Um, You can have business leadership. You have personal leadership, spiritual leadership, physical leadership. I mean, those are some of the main ones. I mean, when you look at business, you obviously have leaders in business. You have people that are, there's a big difference between a leader and a manager. Oh yeah. There, there can be. I mean, sometimes the manager is a leader at a business and sometimes they're not.
1: Yeah. You hope that they are.
0: Yeah. I think It doesn't one, always you know, work that way. Yeah. So we're going to give some tips today. I, I personally feel really strongly on the subject. Um you know, you and I both have have had a lot of professional experience and types, other types of leadership. There's a big value when it comes to your own professional value and just kind of overall effectiveness in life when you start learning how to be a better leader. Um, there's a lot that goes to it. It's a, I don't think it's something you ever like. Oh wow! I'm done learning how to be a leader.
1: No, not not a good one.
0: Yeah, I mean, good leaders kind of always learning how to do stuff, and it's not always about you. It needs to be about those that you're around and those that you're trying to motivate. And it, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of a lot of components that go into that. So you know, as um, as I like to say, success does demand payment in advance, and I think learning how to be a leader does too. So anyway, let's get right in. All right, first tip. How about lead by example? God, that's been around since I can ever remember.
1: I think that's the first thing I ever heard about leadership.
0: I think it's uh, uh, something that you know going back to the, like, just because you're the manager or you're the owner of the company, doesn't necessarily mean you're a leader. I mean, you can't really appoint leaders in a lot of cases. Sometimes that just happens organically. But one thing that is never going to go over that well is if you're telling people to do one thing and you're just sitting there doing another. Oh, yeah. And there's, I mean, it's that's a good just, way to lose your audience. It's general, uh, general uh, leadership 101 there. And, you know, you kind of have to set the tone with your own work. And, you know, as a founder or an entrepreneur, especially, you know, going in and oh, you guys need to come in earlier and, and stay later and work harder. And then you leave you have the, the coming to you, two shift. Yeah. It's I like that shift. <laughs> um it's not super effective, but you know, there's a lot of things that that you know that example can set as well. And I think it was last year when Matt Watson was getting yet another award, and uh, some of the local business leaders in Kansas City were there, and one of them was Terry Dunn of J.E. Dunn Construction, and he said a couple things. He said as a leader It's my job to shoulder the burden at the times when things are tough Mm -hmm. and when things are good, it's my job to distribute and disperse that success right, and share it with everyone. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's pretty big. So, you know, the rules that you set or the things that you want to do. I mean, you've worked with me for a long time. I I like to, I kind of, just by nature, have to be one of the hardest working people in the company. Otherwise, I feel like a poser.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's always been that way.
0: Yeah. What, that I've worked hard? Yeah. I try, man. I mean, it's not, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. And sometimes you just have to roll up your sleeves and get it done. So, you know, with that, we'll also say a little humility goes a long way. Um, Meaning there's a difference between a leader and a boss, you know, and a boss is just kind of barking orders. Yeah, Le- You know, leader knows how to push, knows how to pull. Well,
1: it's kind of back what, to what you said about being appointed. The boss is an appointed position. The leader yep. is not. People follow who they want to follow, whether they're, it's
0: appointed or not. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, a leader shares the spotlight and it's comfortable with crediting others. I think that's important. You know, I was just talking with our sales guy here at Full Scale. It was actually last Friday. And you know, we're just talking about, how, I don't care who gets the goal and who gets the assist just care that we can get to put points on the board.
1: It all goes to the same bottom line, same goal. No. Oh. Yes, and that's winning. That's, that's what you're always trying to do.
0: Okay. Well, next on the list, talking about communicating effectively. Now, this is something that, oh, it's probably been 15 years since I figured this out. You know, everybody communicates differently. Um, everyone has a different personality style. For me, I can, I get dialed up a little bit. I can be excitable. (laughs) I can be loud. I'm a big guy. And sometimes that's a little too much for people. So I have to do in order to communicate effectively, I have to be aware of when I'm doing that. Now, sometimes I do that and I use it to my advantage. Right. Cause sometimes. That's what the situation calls for. Sometimes you just got to scare the shit out of them, (laughs) you know, and sometimes you don't. And, And, you know, trying to understand how your personality style works with others, it can have a really big impact on your ability to be a leader. And it's way past just your outward nature. It's also has to do with understanding how people want to hear a message delivered. So with introverted people, they typically are a lot more analytical They care more about the details that get to the solution where extroverted people just like, give me the bottom line. Just tell me what's up. Don't waste my time. But you're going to lose credibility with certain personality, with that opposite personality style. If you're extroverted and someone's introverted, you know, they can think you're flighty or whatever. Anyway, there's a whole lot of information about out there, but you know, a great leader is going to make sure that they're heard. And that they're understood and that communication is a two-way street. You know, like I've been in situations where I've gone in to mend, fix, repair, boost, you know, businesses. We still kind of do that. And Mm -hmm. the very first thing I do is sit down with the people that do the jobs every day. Hey guys, what's the biggest problem here? You can learn a lot about your business that way. What sucks about working here? Yep. What does suck about working here?
1: No batting cages. Oh, that's true. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we went on a tour of some of the nicer offices of kansas city and i will never do that again with my employees <laughs> because they realize there are so many more things
1: luckily it's in my best interest to keep that budget down so you got it's lucky. true
0: it's true well it is and it isn't yeah i mean technically you don't get paid based on profitability I so but i'm you, trying to
1: win so you, i know i like that
0: i like that it's you're being yeah. a good leader in that <laughs> Um, speaking of which, I'd like to schedule a meeting with you in order to schedule several other meetings. I think we touched on this
1: on one of my previous guest hosting spots. I think it was the last episode. The old scheduling a
0: meeting to plan a meeting
1: is, it kills me and it happens all the time.
0: Well, you know, and this is something that I, that I struggle with sometimes because, you know, you, uh, you open one can and everything comes out, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're just sitting there opening cans of whatever. And it's easy to get started in a meeting, get off track. Next thing you know, it's an hour later, and you know so on and so forth. And I was even just telling you before we started here that I um, I have intentionally shaved down the boundaries and time limits of my own meetings, mm-hmm. which normally which had been an hour, and now I'm trimming those to 40 minutes it's cuz i need 5 minutes to come out of that and then i need 15 minutes to keep up with the stuff that may have happened during that 45 minutes right and that that's a that's a leadership move on my part because i feel that see so what happens with me is i get all i get the meetings all jammed up i'm not putting enough time in the middle and then i get home and i'm not able to be a very effective leader in my own home or for my own business, at all, it all starts to get wrapped up. So I go home and I want to hang out with my kids. You know, my daughter's learning how to ride a bike and find that to be very exciting. She scored six goals in a soccer game it's yesterday. Good. Hey, the team scored eight. So as we're long thi- as it didn't end in a tie, we're, we're good. thinking. We, while we listen, her and I listened to the podcast about uh, uh, negotiating tips. We're going to try to work out a new contract with the coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are only four, they but in
1: bags of skittles,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, but no, with that, you know, keeping things productive, um, you know, I I think one of the the key points of this is keep in mind that
1: that meeting has a, a value to it. There is a dollar cost to that meeting. So it's always like, let's pull in X, Y, Z. Now the meeting's grown to 10 people in the meeting for an hour that aren't being productive. If you step back and look from an overall standpoint of the business, if that's happening every day across the organization in multiple different areas, it's a lot of lost money due to lost productivity. So even shaving that down to forty minutes, that might help you be a better leader at home. It's also reducing the cost of those meetings, thus making your time more effective and more valuable.
0: No, I agree. I agree. And you know, that's another thing too, is you're you're get if you're getting after people, hey, we need to get this done. We need to do it better, faster, cheaper. Okay, let me go do it. Right. You know, I think that's a a, a big thing too is is, you know, like You got to understand the limits of your leadership. You know, I've been around a lot of people that, that this say, okay, this needs to be done in 60 days, but they don't really understand the limitations of your own abilities to get to that goal. Like just setting arbitrary goals for the sake of setting them. Like, you know, there's 10 million, nine women don't make a baby in a month, you know, just putting a whole team of people on. It doesn't always get things done faster. It can, but some things need, you know, they have limits. They have you know, opportunity cost that goes with them. And, you know, but keeping your boundaries clear, you know, you can I mean that's what that's what your meeting should be about. You know, say, hey, can we get this done in ninety days? And if the people that are there are saying, No, 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 you're not being a good leader by just screaming, find a way to get it done. Right. I mean Well, look. If you're gonna, I like to save those cards for the times when I really need them.
1: (laughs) I mean, it loses effectiveness at some point. Well, that's
0: the thing with knowing your limits too. Is you know, you're if you ask people to dig deep and do stuff, like we have some clients like that at full scale that always just seem to have this like impervious deadline that just never seems reasonable and then eventually bad.
1: it becomes the norm and it's no longer dig deep it's just that that's what it's always going to be and then you're
0: pulling more and, and then we have to talk to you and say hey you're going to drive these people crazy <laughs> and then we're going to have to find other ones and that's not going to work so yeah but that's us being good leaders for our own people too you know sometimes sometimes you you know and you know understanding those limitations so what about a mentor You know, I think that there's, there's people that you can, you know, shape your leadership after. Um, but if you can find people that'll, that'll give you insight into how they do things and how they think that's invaluable. Well, I think this is a perfect transition
1: from knowing your limits. If you know your limits and you can accurately assess yourself and become honest about that, then you can go and supplement the areas of weakness. What do I need to work on? Where do I need to get better? Find a mentor in that area to help you get good advice, improve those skills, get better at that particular thing so that you can start becoming more well rounded. So now your weakness can either become a strength or it's not a glaring weakness. And then you can focus on something else. So I think having other people that are, there's always going to be somebody smarter or better at what you do than you. So being able to admit that and find that person and actively seek them out for advice to help you get better, I think is a key.
0: I look for mentors that do also do stuff that I don't do, right? Like I have a couple mentors that are rock stars, like, but I don't talk to them about like, how do I optimize my team performance? I talk to them about like levels of creativity and thought, mm-hmm. you know, and just get you know, a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you like, Well, I mean, you're, you're aware of this. I mean, one of those guys is uh, Jake Senninger from Humphreys McGee who's considered to be, I mean, he's a world-class guitarist and we have very deep and lengthy conversations about how do we get to that part of our mind? And I come out of this just sometimes changed, you know, just going, wow, like you're right. And I, and I find a way to kind of, any, any input you have, you're always going to find ways to kind of wrap it back into your own context. Right. But, you know, just like uh, just recently, it was just like the, you know, kind of embracing a guru mentality, you know, like you got to shed all the things that you do that aren't at the level at which you want to perform. Right. Like If you want to be a world-class performer, it's like, if, for example, for him, he's like, do you think I carry my guitar and my speaker, you know, my amps and all that stuff in and out of this venue? He's not packing that on his backpack. No, no. And that, you know, that's the point though. It's like, you know, how does that, but how does that apply? And you look at your own self and you say, man, I'm doing a bunch of shit I shouldn't be doing. Right. And then also too, you know, talking about just being knowing your limits. Like I, I've done that recently with our sales. I've just said like, Hey man, I can't handle all these accounts. I can't handle all these prospects. And you know, we hurry up and try to train some people that can do something. So, um, I think that all of that kind of rolls into our next item, which is being emotionally aware. Uh, I think that this is related to communication, but, It's, I mean, this is like a deeper side of it. Being emotionally aware is, you know, I mean, as people, we are emotional, whether we want to be or not, sometimes more than others. Mm -hmm. We once had a coworker who was very emotional and cried a lot, like a lot. (laughs) And it, uh, it, it was, we tried to be emotionally aware and then we had to be a different kind of emotionally aware and say, Hey, you know. We get it, right? But it's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I don't think that's where this point was supposed to go. Yeah. But with being emotionally aware too, it's like you know, people have lives outside of what it is that you're doing with them at work, and you know, with those lives, things happen that are out of their control. Things that are unwell You know, no one wants their grandfather to die, right? I just you just went through that. Yep. And when that happened. Then, Said, hey, can I do that? Go do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Let I mean, me know I mean, when you're back.
1: Yeah. You you let me get free where I needed to go and called, and said, hey, what can I do to help? Is there anything I can cover? What do you need? Right. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, a great example of just being emotionally aware. I mean, I'm ultimately, all business is a series of relationships mm-hmm. and there is a personal aspect to those relationships. No. So, the better that you can do to just at least be aware of that to know that you're not stepping on weird areas that could potentially fracture that business relationship. Mm hmm. It's always a great thing to do.
0: Well, and then other levels of like emotion, you know, being emotionally aware too is like, you know, especially when you have, when you w- have people that work with kids, like yeah. that, that if when you work with people who have kids and, you know, like I always try to be aware of that and not like, you know, it might seem stupid for someone without kids to be like, Oh, what do they care about that? Right. Well, you do because it's your freaking kid. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's why, but that's why you're coming to work. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of things that have to be done within the context of, you know, certain time frames. And there's stuff that doesn't need to be. You can make, you can, as a leader, you can get go a long way by just like we kind of have an open thing like that at full scale. You know, we're talking about, Hey, if you got to go get your brakes changed, go get it done. Right? You know, maybe do plan around that. Hey, I'm going to take my laptop with me, and I'm going to produce all these podcast set lists or something right. like that. There's things that you can do, like while you're trying to, you know, beauty, do different stuff. So. The beauty
1: of the world today, like so, so many parts of your job are mobile. Yeah, you take it with you, so you can always be productive. And if you if you can be a good leader and work around that, it's always a plus. I think it it resonates with employees.
0: If we can just you know, get all of the venues that we go to events out to let us bring laptops (laughs) and I'll be able to see Metallica next time when, and, and reply to my emails. That'd be nice. Maybe that'd be kind of weird. Um, all right. How about, you know, as a leader, encouraging people to make contributions? I mean, how important is that? Would you like to make it? Would you like to make a contribution?
1: That's almost everything to me. So I, I, and I know I'm a little bit unique in a way that I take a very personal ownership over the company or business that i work with. I kind of treat them all like they're mine, uh, which is a little different. That's a lot to expect from everyone. Some people are in it for different motivations. My motivation is seeing what kind of contribution I can make on the end game, getting towards that end goal of winning, whatever that might be defined as for your business. And the more that I can see my contributions shine on the surface on an everyday basis, that means everything to me.
0: Well, you over, I think you oversold the statement on winning because I don't think it's always just about winning in the regards like, Hey, we scored more points. We got the deal. Sometimes winning is just having shit go smooth. Well, and that's what I meant by however (laughs) that might
1: be defined. There's, there's little goals, there's big goals, there's massive goals, there's end goals. It's whatever helped you win or get closer to those goals. Yeah. Maybe that is nothing exploded today. And that's awesome. That's a small win for me. And I did something to help contribute towards that. Or I, I kept something from blowing up like that. So it's whatever you define that goal as that, that's currently working but but having my stamp and imprint and contribution into that means so much it's the reason that i come to work if i've been in a situation my my last place where i couldn't make that kind of contribution and it drove me nuts there was no motivation for me to come to work and try hard because if i did it didn't there was no difference in anything
0: and we don't have to name it but that was a big company and that's that's like a totally different animal like It's tough, you know, when there's how many, it's like 50,000 employees or something like that. Tens (laughs) of thousands. (laughs) Like, you know, just the frustration, you know, there's obviously a lot of opportunity there and there's a lot of resource and there's a lot of stuff. But with that, there's also a lot of shit to climb through, a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff to deal with. And, you know, like. Hey it's whatever, you know, whatever's a good fit for you. Now, when it comes to getting people to make contributions, I'd say more so be a leader by letting people take ownership. Yeah. Like contributions are one thing, but like hey, if you can get other people to take leadership over all of the other facets or categories or things in your business, you're going to win big time. And if you you got to trust people to do that and I like to tell people and I think this is a good move with, with as a leader, say, "Hey, look, I'd like you to start taking more responsibility. We're going to start here. We're going to keep stacking onto this. I expect you to make mistakes. I expect that there will be errors and I expect that you'll learn from them. Yeah. So
1: the way that I typically do it, I like to have some different kind of departmental meetings, and I I do it by taking the temperature of the current climate of that department or area.
0: Do you schedule more meetings while in those meetings? No, I do not. This is it's a one off and there are action
1: items that come out of it. So it's a productive meeting. But I typically just take the climate like how how does everyone that's doing this on a daily basis feel that things are going right now?
0: Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask people to tell you. Yeah. what's And by the way, if they won't tell you, then there's a whole nother problem. There's probably a problem
1: with you as a leader. Yeah. As they don't feel like they have that open environment to communicate feedback that might be negative sometimes. And I'll tell people I want the negative feedback. I want the tough feedback because if I don't know it exists, I can't make it better.
0: It it doesn't mean that you have to, uh, you know, that you have to do everything that everybody says. Right. People want to be heard you know like that's a big thing too and like you now sometimes you get some people that want to be heard and then they don't want to be heard when it comes to you talking about things that they can do to help you in return it, or right? yeah i mean that's still the thing is you know like and that's that emotional awareness you know that that idea is stupid you know that's not very good leadership but, no and uh, so you know, and- people throw things out and in the end like if it's you know you got to make the decisions that are in the best, so. and
1: it can go a long way. Just explaining why maybe that decision sounds good, but there's a logistical thing behind the scenes that they can't see that sure. is keeping that from going. So now you've diffused that whole situation. You create this open communication back and forth, and it's just a better overall situation for your whole organization. Yeah.
0: Well, as a leader, there's also some things that are, you know, common pitfalls, errors. Just very simple, basic stuff. And we're going to list a few of those. I mean, kind of starting with your inability to learn from the past. You know, like, uh, you know, one kind of leader we didn't. How about the military leader? Okay, like if you're in the military and your sergeant, you know, three whatever's in a row has led you into an ambush. And you see the exact same thing coming. You're going to say, oh, man. It just makes it hard. And it's the same thing with business, you know, like if you're clearly making the same tactical issues, errors, and, you know, and that's not always a bit, sometimes it's, you know, about not doing anything at all. Like if you're not doing anything at all, you're not being a good leader, but not learning from the past, you know, you can find lessons anywhere. You got to pay attention to what others have learned. I mean, we are in a golden age of information, man. There's so much out there. It's true. I mean, shit, I've, I can't tell you how often I'm Googling things like as I'm on oh, call. I, I do it all the time. I have to know immediately. But I know, but it's sometimes I'm like, God, I got to figure out what are we talking about? And then go back to like acronyms too, <laughs> like, you know, cause there's so many damn acronyms out there and they're different per industry. So anyway, but back to, you know, being a leader and learning from your past, I mean, it's going to be hard to get people to buy in. Like, you know, you get, you get slapped in the face. You step, you step on something and something smacks you in the head. I mean, how many times do you need to step on it before you learn not to step on it? Right. That's the same thing in business. And it's the same thing, too, sometimes with hiring and different stuff. And, you know, I, I think being an effective leader also means you have to accept that sometimes when you're doing the best job possible, not everyone's going to like you. It's true. So, I mean, it's, we kind of went through that this morning. You mentioned something and I said, so what? Who cares? It's not not that person's business to be concerned about this. This is in the end, you know, and you know, sometimes that comes down to things like money and like how, as a leader, how do you shape those things in a way that makes sense? Right. You know, like, and that's always going to be, I don't know, it's always tricky so good luck with that. Learn from the past. <laughs> uh, um, you know, if you're not goal oriented, you're going to have a hard time being an effective leader. And the reason is, is what are we shooting for? What are we trying to get? What are we aiming for? What are we trying to accomplish here?
1: Yeah. And I'll take it a step farther because I don't think, I think there's people that are goal oriented that do just as bad of a job as people that have no goals because uh, their goals don't mean anything. Yeah. And yeah, I think you kind of mentioned that yeah. a few minutes ago. Your goal needs to be related towards the end game of where you're trying to get, or something that be, can become an actionable item to make you better, make the people around you better. If you have these just random goals that don't mean
0: anything, right, it's going to be just as ineffective. Yeah, and your and the goals, you know, they need to be. I I like celebrating wins. Um, this is what the third company that you've worked at yep. and built with me, and we and the, have they always in the past been about that. Like, hey, look! If the company wins, we will win. Right? I, we even had one business where we went around on great days and just handed out the token hundred dollar bill to everyone. And like you said, yep. like you knew the company was making way more money than that hundred dollar bill, but still, that made a difference. Yeah,
1: it felt good. It felt yeah. like it was bringing you into the process. Yeah. And I mean, in that regard, though, it's even. Don't just set these massive goals that are going to take a decade to achieve. Right. And you're just constantly grinding, trying to get to this one end goal. Set some goals that are achievable along the way and make sure that your employees know that you've achieved that goal and you bring them in and make them feel part of it to be part of those wins. Uh, there should be several wins along the way.
0: Yeah, I think as a leader as well, though, on the way to the goals is like, okay, there's a level of like rah-rah cheerleader shit that gets old. But it's also good, you know, like it's, you want to be encouraging, right? And you want to bring people along and like, you know, like, like I said, that's that back to that level of communication. Like you're someone that I can say, dude, get your shit together. Mm -hmm. What the F is going on. But some people, if I said that to, they would literally cry. Oh yeah. And so with those folks, you got to be able to sit down and say, Hey, you know, what can I do? to try to help you find more success, right? There's the push and the pull
1: and right. some people need kick to get started. And some people you have to drag along and get a running start
0: with them. Right, right. And some people, some people, you just have to feel around and figure out what that is. But, you know, with the goals, regardless of the personality style, people love to, Hey, people like winning, man. And, and you, in order to do that, you also have to share some level of, of, a, you know, we used to have a, a board, a whiteboard that we would write the sales on. And we knew that when we got to a specific level, we were all gonna get paid more. Right. And uh, you know, we noticed one at one point people were logging into the their computers and looking at our point of sale system remote and checking on these things. So people obviously were were paying attention and buying into it. So what can you do to help everyone get there? Right. Okay. Well, we talked about this a little earlier, but you know, one of the things is, you know, you got to keep, this was related to learning from the mistakes, but never stop improving. <clears throat> you know, you have to, you have to try to do things to make yourself better. And, you know, last year, uh, Matt Watson and I, we went to a, a planning meeting. I love this organization at hemp, the Helsberg entrepreneurial mentoring program, <laughs> Yep. At hemp, which was funny, but they were, uh, making a, uh, uh, we, we were on a panel of people that were involved in, a um, in creating a, a management training program and it had some metrics and stuff like that. And after the, it was a two day thing. And, you know, on the way down there, Matt and I were like, God, do we even have time for this? What are we doing? This is two days. And at the end of the first day, we both left and we looked at each other and we're like, man, we should probably do stuff like this more often. <laughs> Cause it it really shook loose a lot and, and you know, it shook loose a lot of cobwebs and it helped us get our arms around some of the things that we had to do a lot better. And that's back to that, that improvement part. And, you know, you don't have to segment two days out of your schedule to do that. Like 15 minutes a day, you can even do it through, you know, substitution and, uh, when I say substitution, it's like listening to a podcast on the way to work and back. So it's funny you
1: just said my buzzword there. I think two things that are really easy and take no time to to always be improving is listen. Yeah, no one does it. Your business will tell you. They will talk to you. Oh yeah, it will tell you where your problems are, where you're doing well, where you need to go to maximize what you're doing well and get better at what you're not doing well. Listen and always ask why. It drives me crazy that at some point we, like we learn the most when we're children and we ask why about everything, but we learn rapidly. We get so much information and at some point it becomes this thing of pride where I I can't ask why because it'll make me look dumb. It's not. Oh man, no.
0: It's, you've been in meetings with me where I've just literally like said, uh, you're going to have to explain this to me because I have no clue what you're talking about. Right. It's like, well, recently that was just related to like embedded software and firmware and, you know, talking to a potential client about all this stuff. And I was like, hey, hang on. Like, like I'm not even on the right lap here. Like, what does this do? Or you
1: could have faked it and not been able to help the client as well as if you would have just, you took the time to stop, ask why and say, okay, you know what? Actually, that does bring
0: something to mind. Or people appreciate that, right? Though I would rather have you ask and me know that I'm not like way past your, wherever you need to be. Well, it's back to everything. It's impossible to know everything.
1: And every. it's back to that. Everything's a series of relationships. If you tell me, you know something and then you don't, you will blow that relationship. If you tell me that you don't know it, but you have somebody that does, I'm going to trust you more because you're willing to do what's best for me.
0: I think it, it's for me. It's especially related to like employees and like service providers because you know I'm particularly picky and bitchy about the way our employees interface with our clients. Yep. And uh, you know when you get to uh, one of the full scale offices uh, for your first day, you get to watch. Uh, two, five or six minute videos that are kind of like, welcome to the company. And in each one, I literally am like very emphatic and specific, like, look, you're an expert. And the people you're going to work with, they want to hear your opinion. They want to hear you speak up and they want to hear you ask questions. Right now you feel like I, I'd be lying if I said that 100% of the people that have used full scale developers are 100% happy. And that, I mean, right. everyone has feedback, but one of the biggest things we'll get, or I don't know, it's not that common, but we do when someone says, Hey, I think we could do better. And we say, well, what, and what can we do better? How can we help you? Why aren't you happy? Well, they're not asking enough questions. Yep. If you know what something is supposed to do, what, it's, what it needs to do, what it shouldn't do, you know, it just makes life so much easier. Right. So, I mean, it was kind of like, uh, uh, you know, so not only did I get soccer with a four-year-old, I got t-ball. <sighs> now, we're going to a baseball game tonight. We know the rules. When you are four, you have no clue. Right. You got to ask a lot of questions. What's first base? That seems like a pretty elementary question, right? Right. But when you are four, that is. It's just about what you've been exposed to. They haven't been exposed to that yet. Okay. So, oh, wow. This is a good one to kind of wrap up with. If you're not confident, forget about it. Yep. People can smell fear. It's not even, it's just fear, insecurity, lack of experience. Like sometimes as a leader, it's best to actually get the fuck out of the way. Oh yeah. Like sometimes, like there are things, like I don't pretend to write code. I, I know a lot. I know a whole lot about technology, coding, all that stuff, but I don't write it. Right. I don't write it. Like on some levels, I may even be a subject matter expert, but not at the practical application of it. Right. And that's when I don't try to express confidence. Like you've once again, you've been in me. I tell people say, Hey, I write checks, not code. That's what we keep Watson around for. When he's not <laughs> when he's not when he's not in Singapore, he's here to answer those questions. But at the same time, and you know, you talk about being a leader. Sometimes you got to know when to get out of the way. And Matt does the same thing too. Like he, you know, Matt has a lot of great input and information when it comes to sales and marketing, but that's more of my thing. Well, and I think you make a really
1: good point. I think the connotation around confidence is loud and brash and that's not the case. Sometimes the most confident thing you can do is shut up, sit there and listen in a room where you, you're, you're, you, don't, you don't know what's going on and you let silence fill the room, that can be the most confident thing you can do. So I, I think it's just important to know that there's many different ways to display confidence.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I think being confident, are you confident is a yes or no answer. Right. You are or you aren't. That's like, right. you can't be kind of pregnant. <laughs> you're confident or you're not. And man, that is like, all right, so in life, I am a very confident person. It's, it's the trait that people point out the most. Now, as a leader, you need to also be aware that for those that aren't necessarily confident, you may also appear as arrogant. Right. And that is a fine line because arrogance doesn't get followers. Nope. It does in certain, I don't know, like there's characters. Sure. The, you know that's Hollywood shit, but in real life, like the arrogant in the movie, doesn't the arrogant leader always kind of fall off the cliff or something? Ha- gets you know, something happens.
1: I mean, the, there's usually not an arrogant leader. It's usually like the there was an arrogant there the was an
0: arrogant leader. Then he got chopped in half with a laser sword, right. and then the confident guy stood, that was mm-hmm. sitting there going, "Man, this guy's a little overconfident." Right. Um. But you know, with confidence, you know, it comes from knowing your shit. Know being a student, um, you see, like, and I know we've made a few sports analogies here, but you know there are like, and that's largely because you, you know, you and I, you know, still do play and love baseball, but you have some of these guys, like you look at some of these pitchers that never threw the ball hard, but they were students of the game, and they're like, yeah, if I get the ball to spin here, 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 and here, you know, and and the level of confidence they have. To go up there and throw balls that are like at the velocity that a high school kid throws. Right. And do so in the major leagues. Like that's confidence. Mm-hmm. And that comes from understanding your shit. Like when it comes to physical leadership, well, um, you don't really get a whole lot of followers on your tough mutter run when you're like 350 pounds, five foot eight, and totally out of shape. It's hard to instill confidence that, Hey, we got this, you right. know, and then you fall over eight steps in, but, <laughs> you know, and other things too, is just, you know, like if you're not confident back to your point, ask yourself why, right? Why am I not confident about this solution, about this approach, about this remedy, whatever. And if, you know, it deserves a look, am I right? Exactly. Exactly. It's like if you, I'm not confident in what I'm about to lead my team in. I need to ask why, right? And sometimes that's that level of openness too. You know, like you've heard me even say that. I'm like, okay, I think this is going to work. We're going to try. I won't let us drown on this, right? But until we try it, we're not going to know. I'm not going to feel confident that we have. Approach this from every angle until we try this. Right. Those are still confident ways to express your lack of total confidence, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's some other things too that come with being confident. Um, and we'll let you look them up on Google because once again, Google <laughs> will tell you anything. But body language, right? eye contact, uh-huh. standing up straight, your general posture, not being super fidgety stuff. Yep. You know There's a million different things. I mean, what are what are things for you that when you see it like I mean, not everyone's a gifted public speaker. Right. It doesn't mean you can't be confident. Sure. I mean, what are some of the things that when you see what, what are the as we as we round out this episode, I mean, what are some of the things that have eroded your confidence in leaders in the past?
1: I think the one of the biggest ones is either arrogance. Or immediately showing that you have a lack of understanding of what we're talking about. I think if I don't
0: believe you.
1: Which will leads to yeah. belief and trust yeah. and, like, all these deep-seated, so, very if serious I think you're human full, If I think you're full of shit.
0: And yeah. I, if I think that, you know, for me, like, man, I'd rather, like, be on the B, on the B team. It's like right. my adult baseball team. We're going to go back to that again. We're going to talk about baseball <laughs> again. Like, we're not good. Well, like last year we came in six out of eight teams. I used to be on the second best team in the league and I freaking hated it. Right. It was just not fun. Like the people I was playing with, like I didn't care. Like I, then, you know, so I switched teams and then, you know, I love the dudes I play with. Like I'm like a sponsor of the team now. I don't even know if I'm going to play this year just because I like the guys I was with and right. like, and you feel a lot better. For me, leadership wise, like it's easier if you ask me to do something. If I feel like you care about everyone and that you're like a good, like I don't know, man. What's
1: back to you? Everyone on that team had
0: a common goal.
1: You were able to unite everyone towards the common, common goal, goal was, was to play just baseball to a couple of days
0: a week and like get out and have fun with each other and not take it too seriously. Right. Now
1: you yeah. get on the other team and it's that they're, they want to win at all costs because they still think they have a shot at the pros and it's a different approach to it. And it works. If you get everyone on a team that's like yeah, that, they, they have did. a great time.
0: And you know what? I don't know if they do though. Yeah. Cause like the, there are a couple teams in my league. I mean, they're like guys that played pro, right? You're not going back, man. You're playing in my <laughs> rec league. I'm turning. I turned forty four in a couple months, man. And you're playing with me. You're not going pro again. Yep. But maybe that's knowing your limits, right? So, yeah, I think overall, I mean, and the last thing I'll kind of say on the way out is, um, as I grew up and I became a professional, and I said this even a couple episodes ago, you know, I thought, oh, sales, and yeah, you can make a lot of money if you learn how to sell stuff. You'll never be out of work, right? But I really next leveled it when I refined my leadership skills and I catch myself all the time saying, okay, I got to do, I got to do a little better here. I got to do a little better with that. And Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I try to do that. It's, and it gets harder and harder, the bigger your company gets. I think we're good. Well, with today you told me I was going to hire more people today and I did. Yeah. It's a buck 73 now and it, and it gets hard. Cause when we had 25 employees at full scale, I wanted to be there and reach out. I wanted to know all of them. And that became a statistic improbability. probability Mm -hmm. became really difficult. So what are ways that we can reach out? And I still do. I still do, but you know, just trying to be a leader. And I think that like, for me, I send kind of goofy uh, uh, videos. I haven't done one of those in a while. I should probably do another one, but like when our office, our new office building was delayed, (laughs) <laughs> Just trying to like, Keep you morale. know, do different things. Yeah. I had a yeah. money gun in one of them. Uh, that was a good one. That's because yeah. we were trying to get some people to stir up uh, um, uh, new employee referrals. So I said, you know, you could be on the other end of this and had a money, the supreme money gun, which <laughs> fired fake money everywhere. Anyway, speaking of being a, you have anything else to add here?
1: No, I think that the, like, we kind of got into it and got off track. But the key to me is just always... Was I not being a good leader? Uh, no. <laughs> you, were, you were keeping things fun. Uh, no, I think the ability to trust and believe in a leader are the two most important parts. Yeah. If, if you don't have either of those things... You have to earn it, though. You have to you earn do, trust. And you have to do that by pulling everyone in. Like Everything that we talked about today... Rolls back up into those two things. It's going to get them to trust you and put their belief in you because ultimately they're kind of surrendering to you, yeah, and letting you lead their path, their future, their career, their family's well-being. So there has to be a huge level of trust in that, yeah. Um, and, and,
0: and without that, you're not going to get very far. I mean, in leadership as well is like, you know, it's funny because I, I, it's probably more parenting, but I just even try to be a good leader with my kids. You know, like you know, d- yesterday amongst, before scoring six goals, Dylan fell in the mud and that was terrible. She was <laughs> freaking out. She was crying. And, you know, like, so I kind of heart, you know, granted this is more like parenting, but it was still c- come from the leadership vibe. And, it, you know, she's literally shrieking and running over to me because she's all muddy. And I said, no, I said, she said, said, no, don't said, touch me back said, away. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I didn't. You talk about leading by example. I took some of the mud off of her and I wiped it on me. I said, "Look, we're both muddy now. It's okay." Yeah. I said, "The more you're playing sports," I said, "the muddier," and that's been a, a different thing because you know we're trying to teach her to share and not take things without asking. But you know, so defining those limits, like saying, "Hey, when you play sports and you play soccer, it's okay to go take the ball without asking." Right? That's it's really funny to watch that. <laughs> Just like the you know one kid has the ball and the other one goes and gets it, and then three other kids are crying. Yeah, but you know, it's just a bit. You know, there's a there's a lot that goes in into being a leader, and like I said, uh, if you can figure out how to do it yourself, you know, it's a, it's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So, love to hear some more feedback from you. Join us in the startup hustle chat on Facebook and tell us all about why you love the show and why. And, uh, well, I did try to create a poll, which, which host do you like best Matt or Matt?
1: I think we all know the answer is neither.
0: I just thought, ah, oh, but it wouldn't <laughs> let me add it. add a second Matt. It was like on Facebook. It was like, you already have this answer. I was like, damn it. Yeah. I don't like that. It's rigged. Anyway, I'm going to be a leader and I'm going to go do something else. See ya. See ya.